Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And before we dive into, well, the intense amount of reveals in this second part of this week's recording, I do want to hand it off to me to talk about a few events that are coming up. Welcome back, everyone. You've already heard the usual greeting for the beginning of Tech Talk, but this is a pre-recorded segment just to talk a little bit about a few events that are coming up in the very near future. We wanted to give a shout out to Gaming vs. Cancer. Gaming vs. Cancer is a convention held at the University of Southampton Highfield Campus, and it's going to be on the weekend of March 21st and 22nd. This convention started in 2013 as Clicks for Cancer and has since then raised 28,000 pounds or 36,000 US dollars for Cancer Research UK. If you have the opportunity, definitely check out this event. We're going to do our best to have all of the appropriate links in the description of this video and podcast. One other event we wanted to give a shout out to is the 7th Annual Hunter Burton Memorial Open. This particular event is focused on raising suicide awareness. Whereas in the past, it was primarily based in Magic the Gathering. Now it's going to be expanding to include other games, the Transformers TCG among them. The Transformers portion is scheduled to take place on Saturday, March 28th. And this is another worthwhile cause that if you have the opportunity to, you should consider supporting. One additional event that we wanted to call out is, well, our own, and that is the Transformers CCG Grand Tournament. Now, we don't have a charity attached to this particular one this time around, although we have run them in the past. Instead, we wanted to call this out because, A, Top Deck has made a lot of efforts to support the community in the past. The prizes are fantastic, but additionally, we're tacking on a little bit extra. As we discussed on previous shows, there's going to be Origins, Passes, added on for the the culmination event and then there are chances to win raffles leading up to that event for the same thing that is origins passes so if you have the opportunity come on down these are going to be monthly events we're always looking for new people All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you me for going through all that uh, we're going to dive right into it because as is kind of the norm, Scott, it, as soon as I hit the go live button, we got more cards. So this list has grown even since a scant few hours ago. Yep. Uh, so we're going to start off with Hold the Line, which was a battle card that was revealed sometime last week. It was during Toy Fair. So for anybody looking at this after the fact, that's the reason that we have well, not great images. So Hold the Line is one of the new secret actions. It is a white and a green pip, and you reveal it when one of your characters defends. When it's revealed, you repair one damage from that defender, and it can't take more attack damage this battle than the number of stars the attacker has. So this, I feel, falls into the subtly but certainly impactful cards that we've gotten. It definitely has the potential to, I mean, to put it simply, this is a force field that can't be bashing shielded. Right, which I think is probably the most important point. Um, I think this card, I think this card can single-handedly bring um, three wide aggro back into the meta. Which is when you had said that offline, or I, I think it was you. It may have been somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it was you, Scott. It it, it got me excited, and it 
that this entire archetype, which has up to this point, I mean, I mean, yes, we've seen three wides, like it was Dinobots way back when, then it was Sentinels, then it was, I think it started to die at that point. <laughs> like true, yes. true three wide orange focused. I mean, not well, to say. Three, wave three, wave three was big. Yeah. It, well, was it? Yeah. Gen Con was all over the place. I mean, it was all over the place, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say that that was the top tier decks. Uh, I mean, I mean, there, depending on whether or not the the other decks were kind of out there to deal with it, like I mean, but that argument's always there. If there's four wide, then three wide was getting eaten. Orange stuff right. we're talking about, right. of course, for everybody yeah, out there. Um, I don't mean to say that it's completely dropped off the face of the earth and nobody, like nobody, would ever consider playing it. But I think competitively, it definitely started to fall by the wayside as time went on. And as you said, this has the potential to bring it back and in a main deckable way, because you're it, given that it is green, it's going to force your opponent to invest at least another turn. And for anybody who's confused as to why we're saying this, say. They're playing Blaster. You're playing Arbitrary 3-wide. Now their Ramhorn, their Steeljaw, their whatever is only pushing 5 damage as opposed mm -hmm. to it pushing double digits. I was Same about with to say... Kickback. Same with Insert mm -hmm. Random Airstrike Patrol member here. Same with... Yep. Whoever it's, else you want to mention in that category. Yeah, the list goes on and on. You could clearly come up with a ton more examples. And it's a... The fact that it allows you to do that in a fashion that up to this point, I mean, maybe this is going to be like when we got all excited about a bunch of things early on in Siege 2 reveals and then, oh, by the way, Sabotage Armaments comes around. Maybe we're going to get a secret action card that interacts and deals with them somehow. But right now, this feels like it has the potential to break open some matchups. Yeah, I mean, you... The point is, is an un, like like you said, the the uncounterable nature of essentially a a force field just gives you a lot of play. I mean, I mean, the main thing is, the, I guess the question is, what is, what is the cutoff point for this card? Like, when are you okay? Like, like, what's the largest star cost you really feel like you're going to actually deal with? Now, of course, we're talking on an aggro. I feel like aggro on aggro. This is a hundred percent playable, regardless. Absolutely, okay? yeah. So, so the fact that it's a green and a white means that you can play. I mean, if you're like a, if you're going to an event with a three white aggro, I would certainly this is certainly a three up, like no doubt about it. Right. But even even in a four white aggro, I'm pretty sure it's 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 like it, it's at least a one to two up main deck because for mirror matches, obviously against most control decks, it's not going to matter all that much because the little support characters aren't dealing much damage, and the big guy is still going to deal. 15 or 16 yeah. or 14 anyway and so I'm, it doesn't matter and i'm gonna go out on a limb and assume that your opponent if you're whatever aggro and you play a secret action i can't think of too many others that you're going to be playing at this stage that your opponent is not going to go all in on their flame war to try and just push damage against random character they're going to see this thing ten thousand miles away yeah i think the question just becomes is the aggro deck limiting itself against other aggro decks in order to survive so in the three wide case the characters themselves should be able to carry the day for you without yeah. the need of playing because they're upgrade. larger and have other right text yeah right but but it, but the four wide aggro mirror 
you normally need effects in order to make it effective. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, like, can you push that damage without the use of of, of extra cards on that? Yeah, the airstrike patrol has the potential. We've all seen or been on the receiving end or delivered the blows of, oh, my random three attack guy gets in there. Oh, look, he's base eight attack <laughs> before, you know, you consider any weapons or anything attached. So in that mirror scenario, I could see it being fine, but I definitely get what you're saying that you may need that card play out as in, this thing it has to be a supercharge or something or a reckless charge instead in order to actually do enough damage to matter. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, those matches basically come down to who survives, like, and who survives a hit. So as, as long as this does that, I think you're fine. It just comes down to right. like you have to play it at the right time when you're not when you don't need a card to overcommit to the board as it is. And there's a lot of situations yeah. where that occurs. Yeah, that that bluffing game is definitely going to get. I mean, it's I, again, it may not really be a bluff simply because what other secret action are you playing? Uh, but it that cat and mouse game, I guess, would be a better way to put it, is definitely going to get very interesting of are you able to get there with your attack without help because you need this to buy you that extra turn to break serve? It, right. The fact that it even exists is is fantastic because it does open up those decision points and Again, uh, potentially a whole extra, up to this point, missing wing of the meta in three-wide main deck. So taller orange builds have this opportunity. Yeah, and it could even bring two tall back in, to be honest with you. I, mm. It'll help them as well. It's also going to be interesting for the, because uh, <laughs> we have to say it, the Metroplexes and the Fort Maxes of the world. Not necessarily sure. because of the pips, but... They're gigantic characters that they're always looking for extra force fields or probably are going to be looking for extra force fields. And again, this is one that you don't have to worry about just getting blown up immediately. Yeah, I think the I think the other side of the coin with the control side, though, I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure it's as important because I think I think because mm-hmm. we have to remember this is the fi- like this is how much final damage you're going to take. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine and we're not going to put anything into it, but like. Random two defense character flips two blues and is at four defense. Like, are you really taking... I mean, obviously, there are situations where you're taking more than nine, and this will basically, again, basically force field you from from the from the rest. But I think it's basically just going to be another hidden fortification for that deck. Yeah. Um, which, it's searchable. Like, don't get me wrong. It's green. I mean, like, I certainly think you should... I, th- I, th- I think almost every deck should play like this as at least a one-of for those turns... Because yeah. again, like if three if three wide aggro comes back in, then this is better for this can help a, a large guy control deck. Even if they're taking like guaranteed taking nine, it's better than taking eighteen. Right. So you know, I, I feel like there's always going to be a place for this card, regardless. Um, but I think it's it's definitely better for aggro decks against other aggro decks. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, and it's going to be interesting to see more on the control end because the the aggro v aggro seems to be much more obvious the aggro into control or i guess if you're looking at from the other end of the spectrum or both uh and then control on control will definitely be much more interesting i agree with you that as a one of the since it's fetchable you can certainly make a case to justify playing it yeah as long as your whites aren't getting into like the nine count or eight or nine count i think it's fine absolutely 
Uh, so we'll move on from hold the line and go into long, really long, long card name. Uh, Intrusion Countermeasures Software. Uh, it actually went into two lines. That's how long the name is <laughs> on the card itself. I, stuff like that is always is uh, cute to me. It's funny. But anyway, uh, so this is another secret action. It's a black pip and a green pip. You reveal it if an opponent's card would cause you to scrap one or more cards from your hand during their turn. And when it's revealed, you instead draw two cards. Uh, I'll be honest, my first thought about this card was combo using it to try and fight people that are leaning into the disc combo specifically daring escape uh lean trying to fight discard elements i beyond that you got something (laughs) sideboards but a very very niche use i don't think it's very good i mean i don't even i think a lot of people are going to jump to shockwave and i don't know if i even want it because you're effectively discarding a card for this to play it um like i mean you're still coming out ahead but i don't know if you're coming out enough ahead i mean i was thinking about it playing this instead of playing processor i mean you're getting the two cards initially instead of having to wait over two turns but Mm. like because they are such a slow grindy deck it's probably going to be you're going to get more use out of the processor in the long run anyway so like i don't I think the answer to the those types of problems already exist in processor, and I don't think this card's necessary because it's it's still effectively a blank most of the time. So I just don't think yeah. it's very good. Yeah, we'll move on from this one. I don't really have anything else to yeah. add. Um, is it rare? It is rare. You're gonna feel real good opening lots of those. Um uh, all right. So we have another card that came from Toy Fair, hence the uh kind of screwy picture. And that is Junk Cannon. Junk Cannon is an orange pip weapon. When you put this or another upgrade on the upgraded character, it gets plus two attack until end of turn. Everybody's a hound, I guess. Uh, or anybody can be a hound. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's something here. Well, like, I don't know. There's a couple of things. Um, like, we don't. There are no orange primary lasers, so keep that in mind. Like, so technically, this is slightly yeah, above the curve. That is true. Um, because the turn you play it, you'll you'll get the effect. Um, you're unaffected by armaments since your character gains the bonus. Yep. Um, and clearly, you can do like a new designs type ability into like it can't be attack room, but it would have to be like extra padding or something. And go off. Yes, um, you could. <laughs> so, I mean, like, but I, I, I don't think it's that bad um, because I don't, because there are no orange primary lasers and it gets around armaments. So for those two reasons, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Um, in, a, in an aggro deck, I just don't know if they need it, like, because I don't think they care about the, like, the downside of erratic lightning or, and most of them are playing right. javelins anyway. So I don't think they care all that much, but I... If there was a market for this, then like you know, like like in a deck that like also runs Matrix, then like you know you're okay with the weapon staying out there and not having to constantly be playing another one. Mm-hmm. And again, it gets an armament, so I, I don't. Yeah. I think it may see play for those reasons because I don't think it's that bad. And um, so we'll see. Yeah, I can get behind that that argument. It, uh, I think it's just a matter of right now. 
its competitors kind of overshadow it. Unless, like you said, it's the 10th weapon sort of thing. I'm trying to think how, you know, like whatever, if you you really don't want whatever weapon, erratic lightning or static laser or whatever, because of the downside for some reason, you could always reach for this. Yeah, the problem is the orange weapon downsides are really irrelevant in orange decks. That's exactly. That's a big part of the problem, so. Yep. Uh, well, I don't really have much else to add, so we'll move on from junk cannons to Nautica. Uh, Autobot Nautica. She is a new boat, and she's a specialist. Uh, she's an eight-star character, 4101 in alt mode, and when this defends against a car, a truck, or a tank, and you flip at least a blue... This gets plus one defense until the end of battle for each blue you flipped. And then in bot mode, well, excuse me, in body mode, she's still a specialist, 5-10-1. And when this defends, you may play an armor onto her. So, Scott, you want to get the puns out of the way? She really bolsters your defense. <laughs> I mean, yes, you are correct. Um, to be honest, I like that half of her character more than the defense mode. I feel like it's just going to be very difficult to actually defend in that mode against the appropriate character type. I don't think you would even want to, if you had the option to, um, given the fact that you just get to play an armor for free on her as an extra card play, like, why would you ever want to mm -hmm. defend in that mood? Like, even if you, like, once you already get the thing, armor, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, if like, because I don't think she's good in a blue deck. I think she's good in an orange deck. So, like, I don't know. Like, the only blues I think you'd be flipping are like your matrixes and rollouts and these things we keep mentioning, like multiple pip cards, right? Um, because she's melee, like you know, the master of whatever it's called, metallic. Uh oh, from last show, master of metallic yeah. auto. Y yeah. Like, that works on her because she's melee. Like, you'd get double the effect there. Well, she's specialist, so she gets the orange oh, pip. But, but she, she flips, gets the orange one. That's... The but she flips the blue. So, like, you... Right. It's effectively Wait. still a blue. How does she... Is it read, like, you get an extra blue for each If blue? you flip at least blue, this gets plus one for each blue you flip. So she would effectively only get one defense out of that with that one because it's melee is the blue pip. But out of an otherwise orange card, which is Correct. really powerful. Yeah. So like it turns it into but, a rollout. Yeah. Um so I think as long as you're playing those cards, it's it's fine. Um yeah. I just don't think that the problem is they obviously have full control over when you're defending against those modes. Right. Like, Unless like, cars or the tank deck, I mean, let's face it, trucks and <laughs> I well, I take it back. There's brawn, but then he gets pierced in that mode. So who cares? <laughs> right. Like I mean, any any patrol member that's already that type can just get out of that mode. Like, what do they care? Like, are they really losing much by losing a flip? Like, is that going to really hurt them that much? Like, where she's they certainly have flips to spare. Right. So I I don't I don't I guess that mode's fine on turn zero or whatever. Like when she defends the first turn, if that happens. But of course, they're just. If that is their choice, they're probably just going to go, I'll punch that other guy over there instead. Yeah. So, I mean, it's clearly the bolster mode that's really good for her, which... Um, In an aggro deck, playing bashing shields on their turn seems kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, you you obviously still have the force field thing. You obviously still have, um, like, specialist armor, which is very powerful right now. Like... Mm -hmm. um. 
I don't envision like playing like a smarter gear on her because I just don't think that's the type of I don't think a tough deck is where you want to be with her. But mm. um, yeah, I, I mean, you, I don't think you can ignore a bolster effect, and I think like you can make it. She's a decent aggro character. Like, what's her stats mm -hmm. in body mode? Five, five, ten, one. She's eight stars. So with the uh, f so if she was five bold one for nine stars with this effect, yeah, I, mean, I mean that's with the one star head. That's not un. You know, it's respectable, I guess. Yeah, I, I built in, built in, like, defensive abilities that don't really cost you anything because, like, force field, just a white, like, mm -hmm. I think are totally fine. Like, yeah. So I think she's, I think she's good. Yeah, she seems reasonable. Um, but probably for the, like, I think a lot of people got super excited about the, the alt mode half at first. Yeah, I don't get that part at all. Well, because it's like, oh, well, I'll have a, a billion defense. But like you said, there it, it's you have to make your opponent. It's not even you jumping through hoops to make it happen. It's making your opponent jump through hoops to, to activate it, which let's face it, that's probably not going to happen. There's no like secret action cornered, is there? Mm, no, I don't think so. Right, I'm right. Pretty, yeah, it's only swerve. Which is, yes. you know, you're doing it. So you can't force them to flip as it stands right now. So right. Um. So, well, any other thoughts for Nautica? No, I think her body mode is fine. I think she's good in aggro. Makes sense. Um. So the next card up is whoop. Whoa! Why did that reset? That's not good. The next card up is one of the new cards, which means I have to actually add it to the overlay. That would help um, because otherwise nobody who's watching this is going to have a clue what the hell we're talking about. Uh, so apologize. Give me one second because this one snuck in quite literally while we were trying to do the other show. So... Uh, Nautica, then Reflect Damage. So Reflect Damage is a green pip. It's another secret action. You reveal if exactly one of your characters would take non-attack damage from an opponent's card. Instead, do that much non-attack damage to an enemy. I guess everybody really hates Overwhelming Advantage. I mean, that's what was mentioned in the article. Mm. Um, I mean, I hate this card because I play a lot of direct damage, but... Um... I think its universal use is going to be hurt by the fact that it's only a single green. Mm -hmm. And I think... How do I say this? Um, I don't think enough of the broad meta adapts enough direct damage where it's worth it to play this main deck. I mean, main deck, certainly. I mean, do you picture this is even worth a sideboard slot? Um, yes... But I don't think it's like I don't think it's as powerful as people think. But I do think there's a lot of direct damage cards, based cards in this set. Not literal like it does damage, but there's a lot of like you know, um, what's his name, uh, Bludgeon. Bludgeon, yeah, and uh, I mean he tracks. doesn't do the damage himself, but he does require it if for most right. intents and purposes i mean i javelin, <coughs> excuse javelin, me javelin's obviously overwhelming advantage but i but i think you should have other ways of dealing with that already um 
I mean, I guess it makes sense. And this may be, the more I think about it, it may be powerful enough where if the bludgeon decks, for example, they're, they're swarming, they're everywhere. Obviously there's a bunch of damage. So you could randomly play this and screw up your opponents next turn, or there's clearly going to be a turn where, oh, well they, it's, I'm going to get the post wheel turn. They've damaged a character enough that it's two damage on them kind of thing. I'll play this while they're in bot mode. They can't marksmanship him or something like that, where it's, okay, they clearly would play the burn card if they had it right now. And you can kind of, you know, remove momentum that way. But like the scenarios for this are seemingly obvious. I just don't know if it's a crutch, I guess is the best way to put it, that you can just play differently and you'll be fine without having to literally play this card. I just don't know that you could take up your action phase playing this when A, your opponent probably knows you have it because you, it's a green. Mm-hmm. And then B, like, uh, I mean, do they not have options? Like, do they do they not have other things to play? I mean, a lot of the meta right now is more based on pumps than it is on direct damage anyway. I mean, obviously that can change and ebb and flow, and, and I think this card's value will ebb and flow with that. But I just worry that, like, taking up your action phase to do this when you are then not, like, playing hidden fortifications or not playing other secret actions that are probably more universally, like, usable, for lack of a better term, like, I, I think is dangerous. Yeah, it... It's something that we're, you're always going to have. I guess the so here's one major uh, tally mark in the column for this card is the fact that it exists, which sounds real dumb, but no, I don't even- you have to respect every secret action. Now we're now hitting the point where like, okay, I I have to think of all the reasonably playable ones. So it could be a hidden fortifications. It could be a sabotage. So I may not want to play this weapon. It could be reflect damage. So I can't play this, this burn card instead, or it could be this other thing, you know, and the list will continue growing where you you may really just mess with your opponent's head with the secret actions now. Yeah. It just, I just fear that your opponent's going to know that it's there most of the time. So, like, they're just going to act accordingly. And I don't think you're going to really screw them over in too many situations. No. I it, do want... Go ahead. Uh, yeah. No. Get. Well, I was going to say it's more... They have to now hedge their bets, which may not gain you that many percentage points or force them to lose that many. But it is... You know, there is a delta there. there there's some notable change in a matchup simply because they have to play around these things or play into it and just go, well, if they have it and I'm playing one shell stand, I lose because I'm I'm pretty sure you'll just lose. <laughs> what did, did it say only on their turn or when did it No, it's it so it's if exactly one of your characters would take non attack damage from an opponent's card. So the So only- this will ca- this will counter the sky shadow ability even when it's on your turn. Yes, because it doesn't specify okay. when. Okay. I thought you were asking, will one shell stand avoid it because it it's not targeting exactly just your character? Which, I mean, I'm pretty sure this will still catch one shell stand, but... It's whenever one of your characters, so yeah. But, it, like, it won't catch Hovercraft is the point. Yes. Yeah, I think it's... This card's fine, probably, like... 
one to two in the sideboard max, but like I, I, I don't think we're at a point yet where and where this is like main deckable just because of how much spread damage is out there and you mm-hmm. know but I but I do see the value of one shell stand going way up. There's a lot of cards that combo with it right now. So like Yep. Um Yeah, that's a we'll blowout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You're gonna have a bad day. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh I think that'll do it for reflect damage. Uh Skull Smasher's having a bad day on that card. So yes. we're going to move on to Scouting Mission, which actually has been gaining value since it first was revealed. And I kind of I liked it a lot when I first saw it. Uh, scouting Mission is a blue and a black pip. It is deal one damage to any character. Its owner draws two cards. So you can target your own stuff if you have a good reason to. Um, but between Bludgeon and other things that have come up, I, I just like the versatility of this card. Um, yep. mm-hmm. the one damage, even if it's quote unquote, just a pep talk, there are plenty of games we've all played where it's like, okay, well, my guy is dead next turn, even though he has six health left because reasons, you know, it, it doesn't matter the one damage. So, okay, I'll draw two or you need to finish off their character. It, it just gives you a lot of options and in conjunction with now you have effects like bludgeon or other things that care about the one damage. Like it seems pretty good. And now you have effects that care about the double pips also, which is what yep. I like. Exactly. That that's even more crucial, I think, for those builds that are looking for it. So like you basically have a pep talk, which I can't stand as a card, but like uh-huh. Yes. It has more to use. But it's a dual pip pep, pep talk, which makes it better. On on pip, dual pip pep talk, which makes it better. <laughs> and and a like a, a a blue zap that's better than underhanded tactics, whatever that was called. Um the deceptive thing you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because it because it's modal and gives you the option. And then like, you know, we said like the bronze and the master of whatever it's called mm-hmm. want this card and things like that. And like, you know, um, any other cards that they key off of having multiple, uh, pips and things like that care about this card. So I, I think it's, you know, overwhelming advantage counters about this card, for example. So, yeah. Um, the universality and mo- modular nature of this is just really powerful. Um, and I, I feel like this is going to be like a pretty staple card compared to like playing some of those other cards. If they were already in your deck, I would just replace them with this. Yeah. The again, the the one damage may seem scary if you have to target your own guys, but if you're, you could probably find a way to make it work. <laughs> I mean, you just make it a benefit. Like you know, cup mm-hmm. makes it a benefit yeah. um, on any wrecker. Um, uh, attaching energon axes, uh, uh, bludgeon. Like th- there's numerous examples where this is an advantage. So, oh, uh, the. Um, the plane guy that we're going to talk about there, there's an advantage that's what it, i knew that we, yeah we haven't gotten there yet that's why i almost yep. forgot about it um yep but we'll circle back to it yeah scouting mission definitely shows promise and i do it, this is another one of those i guess you could clarify it as skill testing but like it's a you have so many options that it's going to show up probably more than people might expect at first glance agreed so uh Moving on from Scouting Mission, we're going to go to another new card, and that, new as in a few hours ago, obviously all these are new, 
uh, speed trap. It's a white and a green pip. It's a secret action. You reveal it when your opponent plays an action, and it's the second action they played this turn. When revealed, scrap that action. It has no effect. Your opponent can't play actions this turn. I wonder what this card is supposed to be for. <laughs> can't imagine. Yeah, it's this one, like... <laughs> I don't Is think it, word on the card. Yeah, I was about no. It's uh, Bumblebee and Mirage. It looks like about to have a real bad time. Uh, I I don't think this could be any more direct if it literally said stop daring escape. I mean, it stops any combo, which is good. I mean, if other ones exist, I mean, mm-hmm. it was mentioned in it was it was specifically mentioned in the article that this was the purpose of this card. Um, I mean. This is one way of handling this. Uh, I think, I mean, you play the combo deck, so like, <sighs> would you rather be facing this or hijack? Which one's worse? I mean, so the way I look at this is now all the combo decks move back into you must main deck Peace or Tyrannies to dodge this and hijack. Okay. So like, you Peace or Tyranny and then go off on your spare turn. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel that this was necessary. Like, since Hijack already exists, I don't know that you're, anybody's going to board six things. You know what I mean? Obviously, a future combo that plays a lot of actions, but somehow doesn't draw a lot of cards, I guess could exist. I, that feels like a weird sentence to even put out there, yeah. but I guess hypothetically, mm. um, if it was, Okay, so the scenario would be, instead of cards that literally said draw a card, they were all Ancestral Wisdom effects, where it's put, or Treasure Hunt effects, where it's you're getting a bunch of cards, but not with the the word literally draw on those cards. So you're still filling up your hand to get more gas and continue, and you would just chain actions that way. Um, obviously, there's the potential that maybe there's an upgrade-based combo in the future that this only hijack would address and this wouldn't, but I don't know. It, at, since I've only had about an hour and a half to think about it, I can't think of any way that you'd be able to go off through this, but that's the same sentence about hijack. So again, it's just now a quantity thing. Are people really going to board turbo board and then six secret actions? Are you like giving up your sideboard against the rest of the field? No, I don't think you need a cyborg turbo anymore. I think, I think the fact that this is white green instead of black green is big. Possibly, um, the, I mean, the deck continue to do its thing while it's still getting quote on color pips while it's doing its thing. So I think that's powerful. I guess. Um, I mean, there. I mean, all... if, you, if, you, if you're saying it's the same negative for the combo deck, that I'd rather obviously just play the one that's white green versus black green. So, I think they're. As of right now, and again, this is without like putting a humongous amount of thought on it, you know, the, the almost the literal definition of hot takes. Um, it, it feels like there's you're not going to be able to go off through it, similar to hijack. So you're going to have to PTT or you know just wait a turn, and therefore mm-hmm. you're in the same boat. So I yes, I agree. People would probably play this over hijack because it's a white pip versus a black pip unless you had a reason to want the black pip um and i guess you could board four to six of these you know the the buy a turn effects Mm -hmm. i guess i don't think it really needed to exist because if hijack if the combo is slow enough that hijack can address it 
you'll find a hijack and not have to worry about this most of the time unless you really want to go overboard. And if it's fast enough that it can avoid those things, we're probably in problem territory anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but we'll move on from Speed Trap. Like I said, this one just seems pretty self-explanatory. So we're going to jump into Autobot Stylor. So he is a two-star headmaster, Titan Master. He provides one defense in head mode and... He's ranged and Titan Master in bot mode, and he's a 2-1-1. Kind of straightforward, but do you care about having one extra defense for two stars right now? Uh, No, not right now. I mean, like, assuming that there's not... I mean, I guess there's going to be a tough one for one star, which I imagine that's going to exist, so... I'd probably just rather play that if that when that if it's uh, yeah if it's one star then yes I feel like the two stars in general are going to be in a weird spot so we have this one and we have the plus one attack one were there any other two stars no yeah um given that we've seen the tough three one the plus five health the the bold one at one star it just feels like this is going to be a weird position if you're a two star headmaster titan master uh you're just not quite doing enough to justify the two stars it feels like no titan masters have three defense to start with so no one goes from three to four right three and health you mean three defense like actual defense i don't think so yeah i don't think so either so like you're going from two to three which is fine i just think that like you're giving up I'll have to run the numbers. I, I'm trying to. I'm after I finish some other things. I'm, that spreadsheet's on my list of things to do and to see like how all the type masters interact with all the heads. But like, I just don't think this is probably worth it in the end. I, I'd honestly rather just play like a star. If I had the extra star, I'd rather just play a star card in my deck. To be honest with you, than just get yeah. one defense versus assuming the tough one is, which I don't know whether it is or isn't. I would. I'm just assuming it is given the templating. Mm. Um. At that point, I'd rather just play that one because because just getting the even just the ability to get more greens is just better than just yeah. getting like one defense. I, I mean, static stats are better at times, especially given like you know a lot of what's going on with a lot of these different cards, like you know belligerence and things like that. But I, I'm okay with that. Like I'm not going to spend the extra star because because the 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 bot mode here is is absolutely zero to write home about. So. Yeah. Um, I don't see the advantage there. I mean, the only... We talked about this briefly for... um, I forget which character. Probably Arcana. Uh, Maybe it's actually an aggro head. uh, Because then the plus one defense is a break point on a given character to buy another attack. Somehow make it from two hits to three hits. I don't see how that's possible. But... I'm just kind of grasping at straws. I know what you're saying. I just don't... I, I Again, I, I don't think that's going to happen, though. So. I agree, yeah. So, unfortunately, I think Stylor is going to ride the pine. Um, so, him, right? he is uncommon. Huh. Yeah. Awkward. I don't know what uh, his body is offhand, rarity-wise. Uh, Who is it? It's Chrome Dome. Oh, I think you said it was uncommon before. I, I think... Yeah, yeah. I 
well, somebody will correct us. <laughs> um, it's okay. You, you said it last time. Yeah. So uh, moving from there, we're going to move into a different set of cards, and that is Trax. So Trax is another character that has a stratagem, uh, but we'll start with the character and then move into, I guess, the alternate character. So Trax, Autobot Warrior, is a car and melee in alt mode. He's a 4 13 2. Uh, when you flip to this mode, one of your characters gets plus one attack until end of turn. If it shares a trait with this, it gets plus two attack until end of turn. And he's nine stars. Now, in bot mode, he's melee. He's 5-13-1. And when this attacks, do one damage to an enemy that isn't a car or plane. Uh, let's talk about him as a, a character first, Scott, before we get into the stratagem. For nine stars, is the ping effect enough for you? Uh, the combination with um, flip effects and flipping him back to that mode is what's enough for me. Mm -hmm. So because he shares a trait with himself, obviously, um, like any start your engines or um, like escape route or rollout will basically give, assuming he's, you know, his own target and you, you still have your flip for the turn, which would be dumb if you didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm going to assume just, you're going to set that up. Yeah, I right. think that's safe. So he just gives himself plus to attack and then and then gets to ping also. So um and if it started your engines, obviously he would have already attacked once doing that effect. So yeah, I think it's definitely good enough because of you know the one damage could just go straight on the target like it's a javelin, half a javelin, or can be spread around, so obviously that's gonna be powerful. Mm -hmm. Um And I don't think it's gonna be then, hard to for all the reasons that we were saying, Nautica could struggle in her alt mode defending against the right things it's the opposite is true here that i mean yes airstrike patrol is a thing so you ping their optimus or if they're cars and they go into bot mode you ping that guy you know like you you shouldn't want for targets right i agree and it just it just comes down to like whether or not you can like you're basically turning all your flip effects into plus two actions yeah. So I think that's I think that's fine, and, and you know if you especially if you can play them in a deck where multiples of them come into play, I think it's fine. And then you can also, you know, if you don't want to do that, like you know, if you just flip him on one, and you know, just flip back to pump one of your other guys, that's also fine because they can then play a combat action and likely like you know get themselves up and like his flip is very very universal. Yeah. So as long as he's like you know boosting another car or boosting another melee, like you're totally fine. So yeah. I think I think he's very powerful in a three wide deck. Um and and I mean you could run him in four wide if you want. I just don't think you quote need to. I think he's just a powerful mm. helper to another three wide deck that gives you a lot of flip options. And I think he he's he has powerful flip effects and I think his abilities are both relevant and he has decent stats for his size. So like to me he's pretty solid all around. I just don't like the fact that he's melee, but otherwise he's fine yeah he seems pretty solid he uh i mean the if you compare him to someone who's more straightforward say wave one wheeljack at nine stars uh five thirteen one i think i think he may have the identical stat line mm -hmm. so uh you get slightly different traits you don't get necessarily the brute force in bot mode but 
you get a little more versatility. You get a, a few more options. I think he, there's probably something there with him. Um, we'll have to see where he ends up showing up because he does require a little bit of dancing. Obviously, the partners are much more restrictive for who you're going to be able to successfully use. Because the as you were talking, I was trying to think what battle masters, for example, to to free up that flip are available. And the first, the only one I could think of that's melee is lionizer. Oh, so that you get the so that you could target it, yeah. Like, um, which I guess you wouldn't really want to put it there. You'd probably want to put it on whoever your your third character is, um, right? But right. the battle master so, at least frees up the flip. Is the point? So, yeah, that's fair. Um, so let's talk about his stratagem: aerial enhancements uh, for tracks Autobot Warrior. It's while your tracks Autobot Warrior is in alt mode, he has the plane trait which is uh, very thematic for Generation 1 tracks, or I guess any tracks. I don't know if he's ever been anything else in any other media. But anyway, uh, he allows you to, well, you can target your planes now for the matching trait effect. But is that worth making him 10 stars, Scott? Do you think that's, do you really want to make that investment? No. I just, yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess at 10, you could still do 555 planes. So, I don't know. Maybe that's something. I'm trying to reach for something here. Um, It's like, it's like the bold card, the bold, the bold plane card is good on him then. And then like the, um, obviously like your, uh, like bombing runs or slipstream, which, but I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. As of right now, I think that the bold playing card is probably the most compelling thing, other than opening up other potential partners. I guess. So if there's Does some, he become the best ten drop plane at that point. Uh, maybe you could make that argument. I don't know. Is there another ten drop? I mean, there's sky warp. I can't yeah, think of any I mean, other. So he doesn't have a whole lot of competition at 10-drop planes, right. I guess. Exactly. The other, the exactly. Wave 1 Starscream. All right, I think we're going to move on now. <laughs> yeah, um, so. yeah, I do like tracks overall. I, I'm not super enthused, but it does... It, like we talked about on the last portion of the episode, it, this stratagem definitely feels like it's more in line with their design ethos for it of open up other play avenues rather than be a straight upgrade. I mean, it sounds like it's a straight upgrade because he gets the trait, but this is enough of a trade-off that uh, you have to really want that other thing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So we'll move back to, uh, we're moving on from tracks and aerial enhancements. We're going to go to Temporal Quagmire. Uh, so this is yet another secret action. When one of your characters defends or reveal when one of your characters defends, and when revealed, each player can't flip more than two battle cards during this battle. So, you got a secret action gyro. Don't like this at all. It's also no pips, which I didn't say. Which is what I don't like about it. Yes. (laughs) I don't... I mean, yes, gyro also is no pips, and I guess technically this can't be removed, but... And it doesn't, and you can obviously, if you have more than one character tapped, you're going to get the effect. They don't have to force themselves into the gyro character. You know what I mean? Like they can 
Yeah, once it's revealed, they, they can just go after, which I guess is the same argument with Gyro. Like, if it was out there and they can't remove it, they can just go after somebody else. But Right. They can't do that here. So. Hmm. Because it's whenever it's whenever one of your guys at all defends. Oh, you're saying the opposite. So, like, if you have it out and have not revealed it, like, there's always the potential that they can't dodge the gyro. They can dodge the gyro. They can't dodge this. Correct. The gyro effect, I guess. Is right. The, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about this one. I mean, gyro has seemingly seen or been seemingly underutilized overall so i don't imagine that people are going to be clamoring for this one i mean isn't don't we don't we have a million dampening field overheat effects like that's all this really does it hurts you just as much as it hurts them so like i don't understand like you're just removing their bold again like you're not doing anything else because you can't remove tough that's what gyro like gyro gyro does double duty like hurts their defense and Mm -hmm hurts your helps your defense like this is this the is, i don't get this at all so the difference between this and i think the dampening field effects putting gyro aside um it, it is that because it strictly limits things to two uh the fort maxes of the world can't hit their white pip into something else because they they need less so as compared to metroplex where like any of these effects is kind of crippling because you'd have to flip perfectly to hit what you need two battle cards like if one of them is a white pip and you get to four you would have to tell me because you would know the numbers better than i would that i feel as though fort max or other things that only care about say hitting two specific kinds of pips still have a decent shot whereas this it now okay it it further raises the bar even then, they're not going to be able to hit it. Yeah, so like this could have been a green easily, in my opinion. I just don't think it's yes. powerful enough to be a blank. So, uh, is Optimus Primal in this card? No, it's Optimus Prime and Megatron, but it it's looks not Primal, like, right? Okay. Yeah, it looks like Energon or one of those because Prime definitely looks different in this. Yeah, I thought he was Optimus Primal. So, yeah, the artwork it is seems strange to be honest, yeah. compared to the rest. But uh, anyway, so I don't think there's much else to be said for Temporal Quagmire. Agreed. Uh, we'll move on from there to Autobot Teslor, who is a two-star headmaster, Titan Master, I'm, I keep saying that. Uh, he grants Focus 1. In bot mode, he's 2-1-1 Specialist Titan Master with Focus 1. Uh, yeah, it feels like another one that falls into the awkward two-star abyss. I mean, in the right deck, honestly, I'd rather have focus one than either one of the plus one defense or plus one attack. Mm-hmm. So I can, in, in the right build, so I can say that at least, but I don't like, I don't think those builds are that great. So, I mean, they'll, they'll see more play now because of the, the, the seemingly desire to, to, to have more pips colors and like you know if you're playing some of those cards that depend on that mm-hmm. um assuming we get more of them i think it's fine i just don't i don't think this is worth a two-star investment i, I think focus one could have been a one-star head and would have been fine mm-hmm. with one with one health in the in the in the bottom again you're not long for this world so i you might not even get your attack off so i don't think it's worth it yeah it's 
unfortunate. <laughs> yes. We'll because the point, of focus is, the point of focus is to help you attack and defense, and your uh, one health character, yeah, that's not getting much use out of defense. So, Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Again, this, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, in an aggro deck, if you got down to that, you're doing what? Digging for double pips, I guess? Yeah, it's not worth it. Like, just play the bold one hit. It's not worth it. Absolutely. So, uh, from Tesslor... We're going to switch gears here again to Windsweeper. Uh, so Windsweepers, you had another character that uh, I've never heard of. <laughs> so I said this offline. I'm pretty sure I had this guy as a toy. If it's the guy I'm thinking of and I couldn't find him before the show, it was one of those where it was like spring loaded. You press a button and then on him, uh, the guns underneath the wings would flip out. Okay. Which... I don't know if that is actually the guy, but we're going to go with it. So, um, and I realize we have a card out of sequence that we'll just do at the end. Uh, so Windsweeper is a 10-star plane ranged 5-15-1. When this attacks, if you have at least two planes on your starting team, move two damage counters from this to the defender. Otherwise, move one damage counter from this to the defender. Then over in bot mode, he's still a plane, notably. He's ranged, and he's 4-15-2. When one of your other characters attacks, you may move one damage counter from it to this, this being Windsweeper. Now, I said this offline, Scott. I This is a card that I was very excited about when it first got revealed, and then I immediately had the regret of thinking, okay, that means this card is probably going to be terrible because it, that's kind of how it usually goes. So do you feel this card is actually going to be good or do you think this is going to be terrible? No, this card is insane. Statistically, like from a stats to star ratio and all the other associated things, like this seems kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, 515-1 for 10 is a lot. That's a lot of health and a lot of attack for and it's, 10 stars. It's kind of sort of 17, I guess. What? 17 what? Health because of the, uh, the damage move. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, this pits perfectly with Sky Shadow. The one thing to keep in mind is, like, you don't have to have the two planes in play. They just had to be on your starting lineup. Yep. Um, and he counts as one of them. And you double bombing run when he attacks? Uh, okay. I mean, mm. that's a four-point swing when he attacks. Like, So, here's the, the two wet blanket arguments for this guy. Because there always has to be something. Um, one is, if you go first, I mean, clearly you're going to run ways to self-damage him. You know, you're going to have some effect. But you don't get any of the benefit of moving damage off your other guys. So there's that. Um, I don't know if that's actually going to make all that much of a difference. Does that put you off of this guy in any capacity? The only negative about him is that I don't think the bot mode means anything. Well, like, in that scenario, yes. <laughs> it's going to meet because your guys are going to attack, then they're going to get damage unless you're ready for actioning, I guess. Like if you're going first, you're saying. Yeah, like because you're gonna have to swing in with whoever. Presumably, it's not right. this guy. Uh, then those guys are undamaged, so they're not doing anything. Except for when those two guys are sky shadow, and you eventually get to move damage when you combine. Mm -hmm. 
That seems okay. So, <laughs> um, there's that. But the other thing is, I mean, the the only negative about him is in a deck like that, there, you just have no active flips. Um, because like yes. I don't care about this alt mode at all. I mean, this bot mode at all. So yeah. like, it's only when I you go that's... second, so that you know you can shift a little bit of damage ahead of time. Sure, but like, it's it's really nothing. Well, um, and that's the other point I was going to bring up is that as a potential negative is that while it is a four point damage swing, I don't know if that two damage or how often that two damage is going to mean that he soaks another hit that he would not have ordinarily similar to uh, the moving the damage from the other characters to him. Is that really going to buy them a turn? Of course, there's going to be, there are scenarios that that will happen. I just don't know how much, I don't know how much that's going to matter. I mean, I just look at it like he's seven attack then at that point. So mm. that's all I care about. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. Seven's one of those thresholds that I look for in characters. And I'm sure if he makes it to a second attack, he's going to have two more damage to fling around. So, I mean, and you get, and he's ranged. So you get Javelin, you get Horrorcraft, all the typical stuff. So, like, and the point is, like, you, you're not going to have to Javelin your target most often. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, the two is going to... Healing him for two off a of one-shot stand is going like, to be an insane turn, obviously, right? Yeah. And then, like, the, the draw two cards card and move that... Because I know it, the way you read it to me, because I don't have it right in front of me, Yeah, you can still move less than two, right? If you have two uh, cards, right? If you had at least two planes on your starting, move two damage counters from this to the defender. Otherwise, move one. Uh, I... Would assume it's one of those do as much as you can. So yeah, if you only have one damage, you move one damage. Okay, good. Then we're okay. Yeah, I with the uh, with the pep talk card. With yeah, the, with the do it out the scouting mission and the self the potentially in, with this guy's self ping. Hey, sorry. Nah, it's been a while <laughs> since they joined us. <laughs> um, yeah, this guy so, yeah, I mean, all around just seems to. Kind of have it all together. It's the is it's the plane we've all been waiting for. I, I just think his I just think his ability to combo with Sky Shadow, who I really really love, mm. is is great. Like I mean, there's so much inborn synergy there because you know Sky Shadow has to be taking a minimum of ten damage combined, and now this guy allows you to then move one of that damage away. Um. And, you know, you want those pieces to be as healthy as possible. If So, like, you know, like you said, in those situations where you're going second, um, it's possible that you can move damage off of them to to make him a healthier combiner. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, you you are definitely going to get one to him at some point. So I think that, that, that secondary ability that I don't really care about does have use. And then he's always, quote, on for yeah. your one-shell stands and, and this card and... I guess you could play Photon Bomb. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. This is this is very powerful to me. I wish you could obviously put the two damage anywhere you want instead of just to the defender, but like, I, 
I'm not, oh. I'm not real, I'm not fretting about it. So yeah, I'm not. I mean, yes, I agree, but I'm not going to be crushed over it. Um, and he do, he doesn't he doesn't proc um, bludgeon though, right? Because it's moving the damage. Yeah, it's moving dealing, dealing the damage. Yeah. yeah, it's like a put versus take. Okay, so uh, despite all the technical difficulties, we're still excited about Windsweeper because, uh, and again, if this is repeated, I apologize, everybody, but um, Callous Leadership is a no-go for him and Sky Shadow. Energy Transfer is a go, uh, but in general, there's just a whole lot of ways to take advantage of the self-damaging effects with this guy, obviously, and he's got to be the centerpiece for some deck at some point, right? At 10 stars, he doesn't have to be the centerpiece. He just gets to be the, mm-hmm. oh, gee, I get to one shot stay on my guys. Oh, gee, mm-hmm. I get to draw extra cards. Like, that's the point. Is like, we're at a point now where, you know, especially in my opinion with Sky Shadow, I just feel like you don't even need that. And I don't, you know, like, do I think this makes Slipstream more playable? No, because I think you're just not going to have that much damage on you at all yeah. times. Or else you're, it's not a good time, but like, I just think his synergy with Sky Shadow is so obvious and so powerful that, like, that's where I'm leaning first. But, like, I mean, I, I you know, because you have to have a second plane no matter how you slice it. So, like, that regardless. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it it obviously lends itself to that. So let's take a look at Saturation Bombing, his stratagem. So it's once per game when you flip your Windsweeper air defense to alt mode and he has a number of damage counters equal to or greater than the number of enemies on the battlefield. Move one damage counter from him to each enemy, and then flip this, so that you only get the once per game. Uh, given that this would preclude you from playing Sky Shadow, Scott, do you want to push this guy to 11 stars to get a strafing run? It also heals you for the number of damage too. So it's like a it's like yeah, I'm a st- bigger effect. It's it so an armed hovercraft plus heal three once per game, if you can set it up, which you should, I would think, be able to. If equal to or greater or equal or greater. Equal to or greater than the number of enemies. Yeah, like it, it's like you said, it's an armed hovercraft and heal it's like a it's like an armed hovercraft triple worms or something. I don't know. It's some hodgepodge of other cards. <laughs> I, I would not play this. No, it's not worth it. Yeah, it. I mean, it's something to like healing three is a decent amount. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that difficult to get three plus damage counters on him. Um, I don't know given that you're clearly going to be playing a ton of other burn cards javelins marksmanships hovercrafts themselves whatever that you're going to need it to ensure that you're beating wider aggro decks um i mean you're basically just aren't you just one shot planning yourself and then hovercrafting them all in the same turn and hovercrafting them all in the same turn like can't you do all that in the same turn yeah and like you I don't mean, have to jump through too many hoops um i just don't know like, you don't need it, and I can't... Outside of the Sky Shadow pairing that's obvious off the top of my head, I'm not sure who else you're pairing him with immediately, so I don't know what going from 10 to 11 rules out as a result. Yeah, I think, it would, I think if it rules out nothing, then it's you would play this, because, again, like, 
you would literally just one shot stand yourself and then you get to hovercraft them and then you get to heal three like it you there's no downside to doing it. yeah it just turns one shot stand into a bolt yeah. of lightning like i mean you actually don't get his ability but you wouldn't just you just wouldn't attack with him in the same turn but so i guess if you had to start a spare and you wanted to run in a certain team this is like a I guess this is one of the strategies. It's like a straight upgrade if you can afford it. It just, I don't know that you need to or want to, but if you can, I see no reason not to play it. Yeah, it's just going to come down to, um, like you said, what. I don't know what those other stars could be or should be at this stage. Um, it, it's worth considering, at least. Chat saying that it, it's also dead against tall decks, which is true because. You're just moving one damage. So? <laughs> Which tall deck? One tall deck? Well, I mean, yeah, if we're saying, because we were harping on Fort Max, um, I mean, moving two is okay. Um, again, it's going to come down to who the partners are forced into at that stage. I mean, at that point, he just has damage although to use his own ability. He's still going to be left with zero at the end of all this interaction, no matter how you slice it. So. Mm. It's going to be a full heal, no matter how you slice it. So, I think it's fine. Well, not necessarily, because, like, against... If he has 10 damage on him, because you just got well, yeah. tagged by four max, like, healing one is whatever. Like, it's yeah. a fling. <laughs> you spent one star for a fling. Like... <laughs> um. I mean, I mean, yes, he's he's bad against other. He's bad against Titan. Uh, I'll give you that. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, it's not like it's one of those. I'm not even sure that it's bad. It's just obviously suboptimal, but that may be good enough anyway. You know, depending on how it shapes up. Yeah, it seems I, like I a worthwhile strategy. Yeah, if you can afford it, it's fine. Uh, so I think that'll cover it for Windsweeper. So we're gonna switch back. He's super rare. Yes. But so was uh, so was Tracks. Tracks. I couldn't mm -hmm. think of who we were talking about for a second. I'm looking at him on my desk. Uh, so one of the other newer cards that was revealed is Staggering Might, which is a white pip utility, plus one attack. And while the upgraded character has 16 stars or more, it has bold one and tough one. So this, the range of characters that this applies to is actually wider than a lot of people might think. Right, Scott? Yeah, because it, there's very something very important this card does not say. And it does not say you can only attach to a character that has X 16 or more stars. Yep, it's while the upgraded character. So uh, I'm assuming you're alluding to combiners there, Scott. Yes. Because, yeah, um, they can wield this thing pretty effectively. So you just stick it on one of the parts. It gets the plus one attack and no other bonus as a, as a weight utility, which is obviously suboptimal, but not like the worst thing in the world and then basically when you combine you get the bonus yep and strategy to add to the character's cost right well it doesn't matter because sky should allow the head anyway but mm -hmm. i guess that's, that's but i think strategies do add to the cost anyway but so that's part of the point and like obviously all the titan decks want this card i don't like, know guaranteed yeah the well, titan the titan again, ones for sure yeah so like both of them want to both both of them want to flip certain colors, so clearly this is powerful for them. Mm -hmm. And then I can't imagine a combiner deck not running this card. Right. 
ever. So this card's very good because the decks that want it, it has universal use right. for those specific decks. So might not be a three of given just the number of whites that you can run in the deck. But well, that and it, there are other utilities that you're probably running in there, like energy pack or something in those builds. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think you could argue that this is probably. I don't think it's on that level, but it's it's powerful because yeah. you get bold and tough and plus one attack. So it's like, you know, it's basically like, you know, it's a lot. I mean, it's facilitating draws and things like that that you're doing. So yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, it uh, it definitely affords a, a number of different options. You brought up all the titans that uh, can make use of it. Do you th- picture that the well, Galaxy's fifteen Jetfire, I guess, could run this. Oh, the Jetfire loves this card. Yeah. I was trying to think of I mean, what other is, things off the top of my head. Yeah, you're duplicating his ability. I mean, this is definitely this is definitely like a two of a Jetfire for sure. Mm. Um, but I also but I just believe I, I think this is a huge help to combiners because it's it's because it sticks around and you don't need to like you can put it on them anytime during the game and it, it it's gonna be there. I don't think this is a big enough threat where your opponent's like, I gotta I got to take out that guy that has this. I mean, I guess if given the choice of no one else better to, to KO, you'll go for this one. But like, mm. it's innocuous to begin with, and then we'll have a we'll have just a series of advantages as the game goes on. That's very subtle, in my opinion. Right. Uh, chat's asking if it'll. They're wondering if it'll affect any headmasters. I don't. I, don't, so I was actually to... thinking about that. They can't get big enough. The, the biggest one we have now starts at eleven. Yeah. So unless we have I a assume twelve, the prime. I assume I assume the prime and, and or Megatron, if they exist, will we know? I mean, we're pretty confident prime exists. He's he's on the, the packaging art. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, that's going to happen. So I would imagine that you can get him to where this matters. Yeah, so. I mean, it's all going to have to be. He has to be twelve stars because then you could st- yes. st- stack a four star head on him unless there's. Uh, Unless he happens, which he shouldn't, but if they decided to do the Ford Max thing where you can stack multiple heads, like there's no reason that he should have that, but that's the only other way if he was smaller. Yeah, I think this card's great because there's so many decks that would want it and then it it just sticks around. So I think it, I think this is very powerful. Yeah. It's again, we talked about this in the, the previous part of the episode with the... Uh, with brass knuckles, where it's a potential plus two in the utility slot, and this is kind of the same thing, where it's you know you have your base plus one with the bold one to try and go fetch more damage. Um, it, 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 you put it quite succinctly that every deck that can run this probably is going to. Yes. So uh, we'll move on from staggering might to our next to last card. Uh, and that is Wingspan. So Wingspan is another member of the uh, the Beast Tribe. He's a specialist. He's 3-11-2 for 8 stars. And when you flip to alt mode, you draw a card. And it has plus 1 defense for each card under him. And then in bot mode, he is still a specialist, 4-11-1. When an upgrade is scrapped from this, put it under him. So your grenade launchers, your... Uh, the the stupid armor from Wave One, um, the the crystal, the the tough armor from Wave Two, um, 
I want to say that's it. Doesn't say- <laughs> I mean, you can just basically like replace the upgrades that are on them, right? And they'll just go away also, right? Yeah, it, anything or when your opponent kills them, you know. Right. Uh, I mean... Good. The question is, will he survive the turn that the things get KO'd because he's not going to be in the right mode? Right. So, it's going to be like, do you have to play Swerve with this guy? Like, I don't really want to, but like... It's basically like, can he survive a hit and then get... I don't think... Like, how... I don't think you can realistically get this guy large enough, like... Because... Like, if they disarm you, and you had, like, three extra paddings on them or something, like, or three attack drones on them, like, you don't get plus three. They just go back to your hand. Correct. So, I just don't think that you can... I don't think you can set this up fast enough to where it's going to be that significant of an ability because yeah. you have to be in combat for a lot of these things to happen or else you're basically just wasting a lot of your upgrade plays, like replacing chaining upgrades on him. And being a specialist, it's not... Um, it, you know, like... It, it's not as though you're playing armed hovercraft and then replacing with an armed hovercraft and then putting one of them under or something. You know, like... There aren't really specialist upgrades that are gaining ground in that fashion. Uh, Chat said Can you... a bold three thing from wave two. Uh, power punch. Also. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I you go off with? Can you go off with field communicator into field communicator into something else and like? I mean, a bunch of. We're gonna live the dream. <laughs> I, I, now, to be fair, it's another card that you have to at least consider the outside possibility that. Uh, it's technically removing things from the game, so it does put cards in unique places, and therefore, is there something to be done with it? You know, the the daring escape example. Um, again, I don't... So, you for that sort of thing, you'd have to have a scenario where instead of generating a ton of action plays, your upgrades are somehow generating extra upgrades, and then you just keep replacing them. So you could multi-tool... Well, right. multi-tool. Into, yeah, multi-tool into something... I put it the other thing under or multi-tool under and then somehow keep going. There's that potential, but I agree with you in general for any fair application, this guy's probably just dying in two hits regardless. Like, I don't think you can do it quick enough to force three hits. But, but do you think that you can, you can combo off mini combo off with these little things in order to get him to a defense that's large enough to where he, like... Again, granted, outside the, the use of, like, that there's a lot more Pierce cards in this set, like, do you feel you can get him to a respectable defense level just by doing this stupid little combo stuff? Do you think well, let's say, let's say you got him to five. Like, so you, you put three cards under him, and let's assume that there is something reasonable to do that. You know, whether it's the field communicators, the multi-tools, whatever. Um, you got him to five. It's in a blue deck. You're defending for seven. So you now have a three eleven seven on the board. Yes. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, does, do we care? Like, I mean, yes, this guy may... Even then, hypothetically, like... Oh my god, what just happened? I just put... You just put what down? Okay. Um, so if it was a three eleven seven counting flips, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just just to make it simple, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Do we care? <laughs> like, I mean, he would take a lot of damage. I mean, like you, I mean, they'd have to sink a lot of attacks, but like they could. So if you got him to that, presumably he took some damage from the first time he attacked. You, you now have a wall post wheel, but then, okay. So their one attack bounces off him. And then they just target your other guy. I don't know. It feels like a, a lot of effort right now to do not a whole lot. It's probable that that will happen. But I mean, like, I think that, like, you know, you put that black weapon that's plus three and pierce three on him. And, you know, like, I mean, there are definitely enough pierce things you could put on him to, like, hmm. put inevitability in his corner, assuming they don't also have pierce. So, I don't know. I think there, I think... I think there's a potential to, like, go off as a mini combo to get this guy large enough to where, like, he just can't be damaged outside of Pierce, like, at all. Yeah. Um, outside of direct damage and outside of Pierce. And, and, like, if you wait until later, you know, to you amass a hand and you're, like, you know, going off, drawing cards when he flips and all this other stuff, and you can get him up to, like, a five base when he first attacks, like, I don't know, I think he could sit around for a while. I just, I don't know if it's worth it. But is there there are no characters that actually eat upgrades, right? That are like destroy an upgrade you control to do thing. No, I didn't no. think so. I couldn't think of any. Um, now there there is a potential. A lot of people would said this lore wise because uh, you have wingspan. The partner is always pounce, so maybe pounce does something to help this. Uh, again, just like many of our other conversations, a lot of it is just hypothetical. We have no idea, so. Um, is he a, is he a Beastmaster character or no? I mean, a Beast Wars character? No, he's he's uh, G one, like actual G one. Oh. Just okay. I don't I th- I want to say he was, you know, one of the the random goons for uh, either when Overlord was in charge or Death Saurus or you know one of those characters. I think. He, no, I don't Japanese Japanese G one. I think I don't remember him being in. Call of the Primals. Some somebody will correct us afterwards, and now it's going to bother yeah. me because I'm trying to picture the scene where they, you know, they like the the big toy cartoon where they pan the whole crowd and you see every every beast character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. As of right now, I don't think the payoff is there because you you have to go to such great lengths. Like, there's no. There's no easy way to make this happen. No, I mean, but like it's another. Then you, you know it's another. It, it you play a bunch of cards, don't win the game, but you certainly delay it a tremendous amount. I just don't know if it's worth it. But yeah, he he's right on the the cusp. If there's a couple things to, but they would have to be very specific things to help him. So I don't know if it's one of those, like, the card would be so narrow that we wouldn't even get it. Like device fires? <laughs> I forgot about that card. I forgot about that card. I don't know if I'm going to play it to help this guy, but I forgot about that card. Um, yeah. I think I think chaining the, the upgrades is where you want to be, but I just don't... You're, you're right. Like, I mean, I don't think it's worth the payoff, but we'll see. It's him and... Wave two Megatron that draws cards and mm-hmm. plays free actions, mm-hmm. and into will make the game take a thousand turns. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, so there's that. And then there's the card that I forgot. So I'm going to add it to the overlay real quick uh, and stall for time as I'm talking about it because I don't know how I actually managed to forget this card simply because it was... I went on the, the download spree to get them, get everything ready. And the one we didn't talk about is Parsec. Uh, let's make this so people can actually... The actual one cost head we mentioned a million times. Yeah, the one that we did, that we <laughs> alluded yeah. to all those times. Um, mm-hmm. So Parsec is, as Scott was saying, the one cost head that gives bold one. Parsec is probably going to get played. <laughs> That's where I'm going to put it. What's his stats in the bot mode? Two one zero, and he's ranged with bolt. Correct. One. Yeah, this guy's good. Yeah, he he's really solid, and I we said it a number of times on other shows. I truly expected the one cost heads to literally do nothing. They were just a body. Right. Um, yeah. So the fact that they provide anything at all maybe is is coloring my opinion of it, but it's. I'm very happy with Parsec. Yeah, I mean, he's... Outside of being hold the line, um, he should deal decent damage out of an orange deck. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, and... hold the line is going to be hilarious against this <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> um, so that aside, I mean, like, you should be attacking for, like, five damage mm-hmm. out of a, one, a literal one drop. Um, so... Um, and, you know, I, the key with these characters is basically just that they allow you to play Titan Masters, and that's, like, a huge benefit. Yeah. Um, and his ability actually helps a lot of the characters that um, that want it. Like, um, I, I have to try to think, like... I don't know which body like, you're it, talking about. <laughs> I mean, it helps, it helps uh, his actual body. I forget her name again. Nautica. The one we talked about. Yeah, it helps her just because I think it's an aggro deck. I think it it helps. I guess it kind of helps Cup in a way, but like if he's gonna, it's gonna be an aggro Cup deck. I think mm. um, it helps. It doesn't really help Twin Twist because I don't know what he wants. Um, I don't know uh, what that probably, Twin Twist wants to be honest. Um, the Decepticon like bodies, I'm not fine, sure. It, it's a fine Fortress Maximus head to get the three extra star cards. Yeah, exactly. the The only unfortunate part there is, of course, you don't get his bold one on the, the primary body. We'll call it. Yeah, I think it's. I think if you if you don't, well, assuming there's a tough one, a lot of them are going to want that instead, like Perceptor and um, you know, things like and probably Cup, but maybe outside of that, I guess. I think. I was trying to go through Which the Decepticon bodies. He's the, oh, the alligator the, one. Skull Smasher. The, croc- I, the crocodile one? Yeah, and then, or, uh, I, I mean, Wolfwire, I guess, doesn't care. I mean, the bold would help more for the uh, draw greens, just to find more greens. Um, like, if, this would help Brainstorm, like, if he's at all playable, like, to get the upgrade when you attack into, mm. the, into your hand. Like, any bold's going to help that situation. So, um, as it stands right now, like I think this is a much better default head than either any of the two drop ones. I would agree. It's uh, uh 
even in the the blue decks, hypothetically, it's I mean, again, pending the inevitable tough one because you know they they love the the mirror. It it fetches greens, or in these blue black decks, it goes and finds more black pips. It you know it enables a lot of things. Yeah, I, I think this seems this seems pretty like universal to me. I, is it common? I assume. Uh, it is uncommon. I guess there's, I don't know. I haven't, I don't remember if I've seen a lot of common heads. I'd have to check. Yeah. The uh, ones this time around have been uncommon. I'm trying to skim them real quick. That one's rare. Um, interesting. Yeah. That's actually a good point. I'm curious which ones will end up being that way. Maybe none. Maybe the strategy just Mm -hmm. take up the common slot. I don't know. Chat saying that it's the first headmaster that doesn't share a rarity with its body, which is interesting. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, because Nautica is rare. It's happen mm. with Prime. What was it's that? Probably with Prime. It's probably going to happen with Prime, too, I would imagine, if he's super rare. Assuming like he's super rare, yeah. First one we've seen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this particular character because Parsec seems like he's going to show up in a lot of places like this is everything you need to push the bodies which were you know either middling or right on the line or just below the line of acceptable to above acceptable as well as getting all the advantages of being a two-in-one character yeah and perfectly aggro based two-in-one character which is what i like yep so Makes sense. So uh, that does it for this set of reveals. I hope uh, there may have been more revealed while we were recording. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Probably. No, yeah, I mean, that and we've been doing this for so long today that it, maybe we stretched into another reveal. <laughs> I hope I didn't miss any because there were a lot. So we'll close up shop there. As always, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.